Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Again, thanks to everybody that's uh, shared or liked or subscribed. The subscribe button is somewhere on your screen, so feel free to um, join us every day. Um, one of the, uh, the most understood things in, I believe, in uh, our Christian experience is when people get prophecy, when they get a personal prophecy from a man of God, um, uh, how we're supposed to uh, interpret that, but then also along with that, um, what that means for us and what our response must be. In everything we do as Christians, we have a response, a part that's our part, even in getting born again. Yes, Jesus did the hard part. He did the dying on the cross part. He did the rising from the dead part. But we still do the believing with our heart and confessing with our mouth. The only reason someone doesn't get saved is because they don't believe or they don't confess. Someone can say, yeah, I believe Jesus you know, died for us. But if he doesn't open his mouth and confess his personal faith in Jesus, um, there's no salvation that takes place for that for that individual. And so it's the same thing. When a prophecy comes to pass, people have this idea, and it all goes back to this word that you've probably heard before, which is sovereignty. People talk about the sovereignty of God. And it's a, it's, it's a big deal because this misunderstanding leads people into weird places of doctrine. People who believe in the sovereignty of God are the ones who you'll find them saying, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. You know, Johnny was 12 years old and he died. You know, the Lord has, his ways are higher than our ways. The Lord in his sovereignty decided that it was time for Johnny to come home. And they, and they, uh, they, misunderstand the way free will works, the way God has intended things, and even just what the devil's here to do. So I wanted to lay the foundation for that. In every prophecy, there's our response to the word. So I'm going to read to you from 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 12 through 16. It says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. I would challenge you if you're a young person, uh, teens, 20s, um, take this verse, 1 Timothy 4, 12 um, through 13, and let it become your life motto and say, I'm going to be an example uh, to the people around me um, in word, in what I say, in my conduct, in love, in my spirit, in my faith, in purity. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will both save yourself and those who hear you. Timothy had obviously received a call to the ministry, and it was uh, seemingly in a service where the elders of the church were present. And a prophecy came forth, and then they laid hands on him. And it says here that he received a gift at that point. And it says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. The first thing I want to say is if you've received a prophecy, a call to God, a call from God to the ministry, to business, to an area where God has set you apart for that, understand that God gives you the giftings to go along with it. People have this idea of like, oh, the Lord's called me to... Um, you know, whatever, I'm going to go travel and be in China. And the Lord knows I, you know, I want to live in America, but you know, we just got to do what the Lord wants us to do. It's like this thing that whatever it is you, the idea that you hate the most, God is going to somehow make us do. And there are people obviously who the Lord, they're not the ones who, um, 
They're the ones who aren't equipped. So we see Moses with this stuttering problem and God calls him to lead the nation, right? And so he has these things, but ultimately God gave him the ability uh, through signs and wonders. God gave him the ability to do it, right? There is still a, uh, a shortcoming in Moses' life with his speech, but it made him lean into God. So I'm not saying that you're going to be perfectly equipped for it, but I am saying that a spiritual gifting will accompany the call. I'm going to read you... Um, the prophecy that I received or part of it when I was about to turn eight years old. This was five days before my eighth birthday. We were believing the Lord to come to America. We had tried to come when I was real young and had come back uh, to South Africa. And we were praying about coming to the U.S. And I was at church uh, in Durban, uh, South Africa, where I'm from. And a prophet by the name of Kim Clement came that service. And he called me out. And the room is packed. There's, there's, um, I don't know how many thousands of people there. Uh, and he calls me out and says, um, this is the prophecy I received. He says, I saw an anointing on him when I was praying. The spirit of the Lord is upon you to take the flame and the torch that was presented to your family. I have anointed you for it. There God saying, hey, you're not going to wait to receive an anointing. I've placed my anointing on you. I've anointed you for it. For God says there is life in you. And as you stand before me, I recognize the blood that goes into your veins. And therefore I place upon you the anointing that I challenge your family with. And God says, I will take you and you will go to the nations. You will even go to the United States of America and you will defeat the spirit that tried to torment your family. Along with this, God gave supernatural direction. This prophecy that I received was actually an answer to prayer. This was in July of 94. In February of 95, we moved to the U.S. This was our green light. Lord, do you want us to go to the U.S.? And here this prophecy comes. You'll go to the nations, but you'll even go to the United States. The only one country that was mentioned was the United States of America. So it's God saying, yes, you can go. I've got things laid ahead of you. But there's a gifting that comes along with the call of God. So understand the gift. And then the Bible says, don't neglect the gift. He said to Timothy, don't neglect the gift. He said in another place, stir up the gift that is within you. There, if it's a call to ministry, there's something that God has given you. If it's preaching, stir up the gift. If it's prophesying, stir up the gift. There's things we can do on our side that uh, lead us to faithfulness. So the first thing is um, stir up the gift. The next thing is let it shape your actions and your decisions. Because I knew I was called to the ministry... I then followed that calling. I went to Bible school as a teenager. Um, At 16, I finished high school and they let me into Bible school. The rules have changed since then, but I graduated at 19. I adjusted my life. I even remember times where I was like not as close with the Lord, but in my head, I was like, I can't go off and just do whatever I want. I'm called to the ministry. I'm going to preach the gospel. You let it shape your decisions. Paul said to Timothy, give yourself wholly to these things. Give yourself completely to these things. Understand, be encouraged. God has something for you to do. Um, And if God's called you to do it, the next thing, and I just want to give a side note here, is understand that if God calls for it, he pays it. I have conversations with people. Even yesterday, I had a conversation with someone who, yeah, I believe I'm supposed to be in Bible school, but I'm in a living situation that I shouldn't be um, living with an ex and I shouldn't be. Um, but I know the Lord wants me in Bible school and unwilling to make any changes because of it's a financial situation, right? Um, when God calls you to do something, he's going to provide. If it's Bible school, he's going to provide. If it's business training, he's going to provide. Whatever he's called you to do, he's going to provide. The Bible says no soldier goes to war at his own expense. If God's called you for it, it'd be like going into the military and them saying, okay, you're going to go to this battlefield. I'm going to train you, um, but you have to pay for your own training. What? I'm I'm part of the U.S. Army. I'm part of the military. I, you know, I'm, I'm committed to your service. I'm not paying for my own training. 
you know, no one enlists in the military and they're like, okay, cool. Well, uh, the weapon, if you want a weapon and you're going to battle here, you have to pay for the weapon. Here's $800 for your rifle. No way. Like they're, they're, everything is given by the commanding officer, by the military. And so it's the same thing. Understand that money is the least of your concerns. Cast your cares. Press in to see, hey, this is not my expenses. I'm doing the Lord's work. The next thing too, and I think this is probably the most under uh, misunderstood part about prophecy because it goes back to uh, um, it goes back to God's sovereignty, right? Is understanding that you have to respond. If you don't agree with the prophecy in your life and you don't take action, you will not answer the call of God. It doesn't happen automatically. There's a journey and there's still a journey. You know, for me, if I decided today, ah, you know, this whole ministry thing, it's not, I'm not really cut out for it. You know, I, the, I really like being in business. I was able to make money. I had, uh, I had two months off a year. I'm just going to do my own thing. There will, there'll come a day where I'll stand before God and the call would be unanswered. It's not like it just happens automatically because God said it's happening. There's a difference between God's, and understand this, this will help you when you read the Bible, God's sovereignty when it comes to the overall plan for mankind. What's written in the Bible will happen. What's written in the Bible, Jesus coming back, the rapture of the church, the end times, uh, Lucifer being thrown into the, um, the pit, right? For a thousand years. All of that will happen. But... There are people who their eternity still lies in the balance. It's not guaranteed that there'll be this certain person in heaven and this person not because that's everyone has their own free will. Um, Your response to the call of God matters. Are you responding to the call of God? If you've been called, you know, hey, I know the Lord has called me. I received a word that I'd be used outside the four walls of the church. I know I'm supposed to go into business. Are you being faithful to that calling? I remember the day where it dawned on me and I was working in sales. I was, I was out on the streets and I remember where I was standing uh, on this street where um, the realization came. I have to re- want to preach the gospel. I have to choose to want to preach the gospel. And then I said, Lord, I want to fulfill your call because I don't want to stand before you someday and not hear, hear hey, you could, you, maybe you get to come on in, but you didn't do. Your life was wasted, right? I don't want my works to go through the fire and be burnt up because I wasn't doing what God called me to do. And so it was a decision. And then it, from there, going into, that was actually after Bible school, but um, from there, making the transition, Lord, whenever the time comes for me to go out of business and go into ministry, Lord... I just am here to serve you. If you want me in business for longer than I think I should, there was a long time where I thought I should have been in ministry and and I wasn't, but I was committed to just answering the call of God. There's a story that I heard from Reinhard Bonke and he tells a story how he was preaching and um, uh, he was a part of a denomination in Germany and he was praying. He went to sleep one night and he had this dream of uh, Africa and I think it was people were walking off of a cliff And then he saw a picture, a big outline of Africa covered in the blood of Jesus. And it said, Africa shall be saved. And he woke up sweating and he's like this super vivid dream. And he told his wife and she's like, you know, he's like, I have to go to Africa and preach. She's like, if you do, if you tell them, the denomination will kick you out. And he's like, okay, I'm going to sleep on it. And he he went to sleep again the next night and he had the dream again, exact same dream, people walking off this cliff. And I might be getting the details wrong, but there was a picture of Africa covered in the blood of Jesus. Africa shall be saved. And he wakes up so vivid. He's like, I have to go to Africa. I have to go to Africa. The Lord's calling me. I have to go. And he, um, uh, 
he says, she's like, hey, they're going to kick us out. So he said, I'm going to go. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to rent a hotel room and I'm going to hear from the Lord what I need to do. And so he rents this hotel room, you know, one or two in the afternoon. He gets into his hotel room. He gets down on his knees and the Lord shakes him and he has this vision. And it's the same thing. Africa shall be saved. And he says, man, it was the shortest fast that I ever did. It was a half a day fast. I went off and I told my wife and then I went to the leadership of the denomination. I said, I have to go to uh, Africa and preach. And they basically excommunicated him from the denomination and said, you know, we're not going to be a part of that. You're out of your mind. And so he went and he moves to Lesotho and he starts preaching and he starts doing these crusades and he's doing a crusade in one city and he sees that there's this famous African um, mass crusade uh, evangelist or evangelist who's in a town maybe 30, 40 kilometers away. And so he finishes his crusade in the, the, the morning meeting and he decides that he's going to go uh, for the afternoon to catch this this crusade that's happening in a nearby town. And he gets in his car and he drives over there. And when he gets there, it's not the man of God he was expecting. Although that man of God's name and face was on the flyer, it was an understudy of his, a young man who's there preaching. And uh, afterwards, after the meeting, he goes to meet the, the guy who's preaching and he starts talking and they're talking about Africa and they're talking about souls. And he says, um, the guy said, uh, yeah, the, the man of God who's on the flyer, he, he stopped doing these crusades about 18 months ago or whatever the time was. Maybe it was a few years later. He's like, he stopped doing these uh, crusades this many years ago. It was in January of 95 that he stopped doing these crusades and he backed off from doing these crusades. And now he just does, he has a small ministry, but he doesn't do these huge outreaches. And Reinhard Bonker realized that it was in January of 95 when the Lord, or it wasn't 95 because this was years ago, so I'm getting the years wrong, but it was in January of, let's just say, 75, that the Lord, um, that's when he had the dream. The same month was the, uh, that he had the dream was the month that um, the other guy decided to stop doing these. And so that's the sovereignty of God. That's the reality of what happens. God's going to get the people reached. But if you are going to be involved, that's up to you, how you respond. When that man of God said, I'm no longer doing these outreaches, and he made up his mind, I'm not, I'm not reaching out to win the masses. The Lord then passed the torch to Reinhard Bonke. And I guarantee you, if Reinhard Bonke had said no, there would be someone else who would have reaped now 72 million souls throughout Africa in his, in his lifetime. 72 million. The sovereignty of God is that God's going to get it done. God will see his purposes established. But are you going to be the one that he uses? Are you going to be the one who answers the call? Are you going to say yes to Jesus? I encourage you here, give yourself entirely to these things. If you're called to preach the gospel, sit down and write 10 messages, 10 salvation messages, study scriptures, memorize scriptures, get the scriptures in your heart. Don't wait till tomorrow. The Bible says here in that same passage, give yourselves to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, give attendance to these things, give yourself entirely to them. You have to respond. You have to agree. You have to go after it. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. It's because many, God calls many, but few receive the training that they needed to and prepare themselves to, to be chosen, to be the ones that get chosen. Be someone who God chooses because you've prepared. I believe God is raising this end time. It's not long before Jesus comes back. 
as you decide, you'll see the blessing of God. And I can speak from us personally. You will see the blessing of God every step of the way. Don't look at someone else's situation, how they went through the ministry and it was ups and downs. You choose to believe the word of God. There's abundance for those who answer the call. There's peace for those. It's the best road yet. And then when we get down on planet Earth, we can all rejoice together. I love you. Bless you. We'll see you on the next podcast. Answer the call. We need to to reap this harvest of souls so that we can get out of here.